Hey, good morning, Solid Rock Church. What an honor for me to be with you this morning. What an honor for me to be able to share the word. You know, I love you guys. I love when I was there. Uh, not too long ago, as a matter of fact, I tell you, you have a great church. You are people of faith, and I love the name of your church. I love your church. I love your pastors. It is good to be back, even though through a video, but know that my heart has been with you guys there. Well, before we get into the Word, let me share a scripture with you that I thought that I believe the Lord placed in my heart that is specifically for you. You know, you have been through a major trial. It lasts for several years now. Not only I'm talking about this recent trial that you have gone through with the loss of one of your pastors, but you have been through a major trial. You know, you have battled, but you have stood. You have stood in faith. I tell you, you know, your name is, means a lot because you carry that foundation. You carry within the very DNA of your church, you carry this ability to stand tall, to stand tough, to believe, to stand in the Word, and that's exactly what we have been doing for the past few years. And even when I was with you guys there, you know, you have stood in faith. You know, in the book of Revelation, we have a group of letters that was written to churches. And so there were several letters, Revelation chapter 2 and, verse 3, and chapter 3. But chapter 2, verse 19, it says about one of the churches, I know your deeds, your love and faith, which could be saying, is saying about you guys, your service and perseverance, and that you are now doing more than you did at first. You know, Solid Rock Church, you have displayed much love, and you have displayed much faith, and you have persevered, you have stood. Now, the outcome, of course, has not been the outcome that you wanted, or I wanted, or any of us would want it. Yet, once you have stood in faith, with your pastors, once you have stood in faith as a church, now your call is to stand in trust, because that's what we do in face of the outcome that you don't agree with. That's what you do when you encounter something that you don't like or something that you even don't understand. Watch this. We move from faith to trust, faith to trust. And that's exactly where you are at. You know, this morning for a few minutes, I wanted to talk to you about the power of God, the power of God. Now, there is a great fascination with the supernatural. Supernatural is something that, you know, that intrigues a lot of people, you know, and, and a lot of people are fascinated by the supernatural. And as believers, we want the supernatural power of God to come and to move and to touch. Of course, we are living for it. Of course, that's what your pastors are teaching you. That's what we are wanting for. We want the supernatural power of God to be able to move in our midst. And you know, there is a lot of, you know, everywhere you turn, I mean, people in generally, in general, are, you know, fascinated with the power of God. People look and are curious about the supernatural. Now, there is a sense that we humans realize that there is something much greater or something more powerful out there that we can experience. Why? Well, because our God is a supernatural God. Why? Because God has created you and me 
with this craving for the supernatural that he has for us. He's a supernatural, and so we are this creation. We are created with the supernatural. Now, I want you to look at these scriptures. They'll be on the screen right over here. 1 Chronicles chapter 29, verse 11. 1 Chronicles chapter 29, verse 11. Read it with me. It says, Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and weakness. No, it says, Yours, O Lord, is greatness and the power and the glory and majesty and the splendor for everything. Now, did you hear what the scripture is saying? For everything in heaven and earth is, belongs to whom? It belongs to him. It's yours, the Bible says. Yours, O Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. As head over all. Not second place, not third place, not oops. I don't know what happened. Not like, you know, maybe I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going to be. See, God is not in the balconies of heaven, you know, kind of trying to find where he's going to make sense of this all. God is still in charge, in control of every circumstance. The circumstance that you are facing right now, God is in charge and God is in control of this circumstance. Now, I want you to look at this next scripture, two scriptures actually on the screen again, Job chapter 36, verse 22. Of course, you know Job's story. You know the, all the loss that Job have had. Now watch this, what he comes and says in, verse, in chapter 36, verse 22. He says, God is exalted in his power, power, who is a teacher like him. Who is a teacher like him? God is exalted in his power. Power, not weakness, but power. Revelation chapter 1, verse 19 says this, Hallelujah, salvation and glory and power belongs to our God. Salvation and glory and power belongs to our God. Now, when we think about the power of God, it's no small subject. We're not looking at this small little thing. You see, you got to remember God had the power to create the world. Can you say amen to that? God has the power to forgive and defeat sin. God has the power to love you and I unconditionally. God has the power to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask and all that we think. God has the power to resurrect Jesus from the dead. God has the power to make all things New, as weird as it can be, as particularly as dark, but the Bible says, even though we walk through the shadow of the, of the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because the power of God, because the very presence of God, because He is with us. Now, none of this are things that you don't know, but things that we constantly must be reminded, particularly when we are going through a tough time. See, He has the power to mold us and more and more into His image. In every circumstance, every trial, every problem, every encounter, everything that we face, what is He doing? He's making us more like him. Now it is amazing to think about how God's power comes from in the same source that God uses, used and uses to do those incredible things is why? Well, which is himself because he himself carries that power. Now, my experience with the power of God. Now as we get into the word, 
um, my experience with the power of God. Now, I can't deny the power of God. I can deny my life the power of God. I have encountered the power of God from a very young age. You know, growing up, I grew up in a city in, in Brazil, in a country of Brazil, and uh, my dad moved around, and uh, he was a pastor of a Methodist church, and the Methodist church who moved around every, you know, at that time, I think was every two years, I believe, he would move. So we moved around in a lot of places. And, um, you know, back being a pastor back then and being a pastor today is, oh, it's completely different. But we grew up very needy and very poor. We grew up not knowing where the next meal would come from. And, um, you know, but I grew up watching the power of God being manifested in our lives. I remember one of the conferences that we had, and I was probably, I don't know, maybe seven or eight years old, or maybe, you know, a little bit older than that. I remember that we are having a conference in our church, and of course, food was being provided. My mom would work in the kitchen, and I remember helping them carrying something or doing something. I don't know exactly what, why I was there for, but what was remarkable was that, you know, my dad came into the meeting, and there was a church probably, you know, filled with maybe 200 people in their conference that we are hosting at that time. And of course, we had money for nothing. There was very precarious, and the food was very simple. But I remember my mom telling my dad that, you know, there, was, there is no food enough for, to feed all these people. And I remember my dad was a very mild man, quiet man. He wouldn't say much, but he was a man of God. I remember, you know, he going into the kitchen, made all the servants of the people in the kitchen, people that were helping in the kitchen, he made everybody stop. And then he op- asked them to open the, 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 the cover for, from the pans. And I remember that him putting his hands, he instructed all the people, and I was, as a little boy, I was looking at that. And I remember him putting hands over this, over the pots and pans that were on the fire, you know, the rice and the meat and the, you know, uh, beans and whatever else was there. I remember he stretching his hands and saying, Father, you have multiplied once, you can multiply again. Something on that fashion. And I remember, and I remember as a little boy, I was like, what? Amazing what happened. And then, of course, they finished the meeting. People would come, and that, you know, lineup of people to go into this kitchen, to this little kitchen we had at the church, and people would take their, take their plates and eat outside. But I remember being there, and I remember all of the people that were serving food, they were amazed because they would put their, their, their you know, uh, the spoon to get the food out in the plates and I remember you know they were amazed because the food will never finish the food will never finish the, the more they would put the more it was and my dad was just not right you know he was just like yeah that's how it is but I remember everybody was amazed I remember all the people that work in the kitchen was amazed I remember you know how I was my faith was I remember this other time as we, you know, on, on a Sunday morning, and uh, it was cold, a cold day, and I remember, you know, we, we would, my, my sisters, and I have two sisters and one brother, we always slept in the same room in bunk beds, kind of deal, there was, we lived in a very small house, there was a kitchen, there was um, just a little uh, living room, and then there was uh, our room and a bathroom outside, you know, they called the outhouse, you know, I remember, I don't know if you ever had one of those, but there was a very small house, and I remember we were in our bunk beds, uh, you know, getting up on Sunday morning, ready to go to church. And I remember my mom saying, you know, Dad, um, you know, we don't have food today for everybody. 
and uh, we don't have anything. Everything that we had, we're going to do for breakfast, and everything is empty. My dad so I mean, everything. I said, yeah, well, we told you yesterday, everything was empty. Now, I was a little bit older at that time. Maybe I was about 10 years old, 11 years old, maybe. And um, I remember, you know, my dad said to her, well, put the pots and pans and set the tables, and we go to church. I remember we got up for breakfast, and I remember asking my mom, what is there for food? You know, what is there for, for a, 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 you know, for for lunch after church, was this is a Sunday morning, and uh, my mom said, oh, we're going to have whatever, you know, and, and I remember saying, oh, I heard you saying there was nothing, she says, no, 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 we're going to have something, I remember going to church and thinking to myself, I don't know about this, I remember going back, and of course, my brother and sisters, we all talk, you go back to the, to the house afterward, and uh, my mom had put the, you know, the pots and the pans on the stove, it was a fire stove, you know, those wooden stove back then, and um, we had a little table, and my mom set the plates, and then, you know, they called us for a meal, and my dad said, come on over here, and we are going to eat, and I said, well, what are you going to eat? There was nothing on the, you know, nothing, nothing cooking, and my dad said, no, it's going to eat, and so we, you know, he instructed us, as we always did in my home, we joined hands for each, with each other, and, um, you know, we prayed, and I remember my dad praying, Lord, you know, you said that your servant would never beg the bread, and so I thank you for the food that you have provided for us in the name of Jesus. I remember me, I'm not praying at all, you know, I mean, I'm just walking and, and watching everything that was going on, and, and I remember my mom, you know, very sober, and, you know, my dad, little, little tears come down his face, and he said, amen. When he said, amen, we all open our eyes. Of course, my eyes is already open. I mean, he said, amen, and a knock at the door. You know, immediately we got up and we went. There was this lady that, that didn't even come to our church. She went to a Presbyterian church. She was a big, they had a big farm. And, uh, you know, she brought so much food. She says, ah, Pastor Frank, that was my dad's name. Pastor Frank, I, I just, I hope I'm not interrupting anything. You know, but I, 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 yesterday I went to the store and I felt something and I, and I felt that I needed to buy something for you. I wonder if you guys could help me to unload. Well, she had a pickup truck. We went in there. Folks, we never had so much food in my life from one truck, from one place as we did that day. I mean, I saw the power of God be manifested right before my eyes. I remember, you know, we are all as kids jumping around and going crazy, you know, and wow, you know, amazing. I remember my dad crying out. I remember my mom crying out. And I remember when he come back, you know, put this stuff away. And of course, you're all hungry. You know, my dad said to me, he said, the God that we serve will never let you go hungry. And I tell you what, folks, and this is just some of the stories. I could tell you stories about demon-possessed people. Yeah, you heard me right. Demon-possessed people. I remember, you know, us, uh, someone coming to the house. We, we lived in this small little house. was right behind the church. I remember when, I don't know exactly when it was. I remember it was uh, in the evening time. You know, and we had this big fence in the back of the house. I remember this demon-possessed person coming. This family brought this person. I remember my dad trying to cast this demon out. This I saw with my eyes, folks. I saw this demon jump for, without any effort into, I don't know how high it was. Maybe it was a 20-foot, you know, high uh, uh, wall. 
And uh, I remember that thing. And my dad said, come back over here in the name of Jesus. And that demon came right there. And my dad cast that demon out of that person. I remember, you know, oh, so many stories about the power of God. Healings that happened, you know, about the power of God. I remember the power of God. So I grew up with those things about the power of God in my life. But let me tell you in two ways, two ways that I have seen the power of God be manifested in my own life. And here's on the screen right now. Let me give you this. Number one, in times of trouble. I have seen the power of God be manifested in my life in times of trouble. Now, this, the, the scripture that comes to my spirit and my mind is in Psalm chapter 46. Here's what it says. Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Present in trouble, not absent in trouble. He's close in trouble, not absent in trouble. We may not feel Him, we may not sense Him because we are going through such turmoil, but yet, by faith, solid rock, by faith, people of God, we stand, we stand on the power of God. He is ever-present help in times of trouble. Verse 2, it says, therefore, we will not fear. Therefore, of course, because He's present, we will not fear. Though the earth give away and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake in their surging. I mean, you know, when you see all this going on, you know that you are in trouble and you see the mountains falling and, and, and right in the heart of the sea and you see the, 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 the water roar and foam and the mountains quake and the surging going on. Well, we know, we know that there is much trouble out there. He says, I will not fear when the most imaginable craziness, natural disaster happens. Why? Well, because God is greater than all the things. You see, the God that you serve is greater than anything. When I look at some of the things I had to go through, as crazy as, you know, those things can sound, as crazy as, you know, uh, the stuff that I went through, I tell you what, God is greater than all of those things. God is greater than any situation and circumstance, church, that you are going through right now. God is greater than anything that you are going through. And of course... We go through trials and troubles and, and difficult times, but remember this, God is greater. His power is much greater. Now, uh, you know, for those that don't know my story, I came to Canada in 1987, and I tell you, from the day I landed in this, na in this nation, I mean, I encountered trouble. I had a good job back in Brazil. I was, you know, enjoying some of my life down there. I left everything there to come over here. Now, I did not come to be a pastor. I came, you know, I was a pilot in Brazil, came over here to fly airplanes. That's what I did. But yet, yet, when I landed here, I had a lot of trouble. To start with that, I went, you know, into this detention center for three days because there was a lot of people that came to Canada to go into the U.S. without a visa. That wasn't my case. I came here to go to school, but I was just lumped into this bunch of people, and I ended up in, in this detention center for three days, have to go to see a judge, and they, they wanted to deport me back there. And then, of course, I didn't have any, anywhere else to go. I mean, I left my job, I left everything. I, I invested every money that I had and my future in here. I said, I'm not going anywhere. Well, they took all my money. They eventually gave my money back, but they took all my money. They have me with $150. 
left me downtown Toronto, February 26, 1987, cold and snow. I didn't have the proper coat. I did not know anybody. I couldn't speak English. Now, I still can't speak English, but I fake a lot better now. And there I was in Toronto. And I tell you what, I was all by myself, did not know anybody here. And I tell you what, I had to rely upon the power of God. But it was the power of God that brought me through. I, I just went through a phone, phone booth and i looking for Brazilians' last names, Silva, Almeidas, Pereiras. Those are the last names, Brazilians' last names. And I was just collect, phoning, collect, call all these people. Nobody answered the phone. But the, God, the Lord provided this lady called Alexandra Paradella. That was her name. She passes by me and she stopped and said, are you a Brazilian? I said, is, 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 is the Pope Catholic? You understand, of course I am Brazilian, yes. And she says, well, I see that you're a little bit in distress. How can I help you? I said, well, I don't have anywhere to go. You know, I explained the situation. She said, well, I can take you to my house, but I, I, I know someone that you can go and they're going to give you shelter. Power of God got me right into that place. But remember, I had no money. I had $150 cash on me. That's all. Immigration took all of my travels check and they stayed. After a couple of days, I couldn't work. Of course, I, I had to sign papers within the immigration that I couldn't work without a work permit and I couldn't go to school. So I had to obey the rules. Back then, the people that I was living with didn't really, everybody was working under the table. I did not want to work under the table. And so I couldn't eat the food that they gave. They gave me the, the place to stay there for $100. And so I had to stay for three months with $50. I would go from store to store to store just sampling food. That's what I did. I, I was fed, you know, I, I bought bread, mayonnaise, and, and, and I had water. That's what I, I, I ate, and that's how I, I stayed for about three months, just going from store to store, like you go to Costco to get there was these little samples. Well, I would go from store to store to store. That's how I did. But I tell you, during those three months, I saw the Lord providing so many, the power of God being manifested in my life. I was in trouble. I didn't know where to go. I remember the first time I had to go to downtown Toronto. I was in Mississauga. I didn't know how to get into downtown Toronto. I remember praying, Lord, would you take me to this place? And I went to Mississauga Square One where all the buses would leave to go. I didn't know how to say it. There was this, this amazing man right beside me there. He was well-dressed and, and hat. And I, I still can, can picture this man up to now. And I remember I had a little paper with the address. I gave it to him. And, um, you know, and, and I said, I needed to go there. And so I remember that he took that paper and he said, you know, make motion with his hand, come with me. So, you know, I did not have to pay for the fare that day because he paid the fare for me. So the power of God. So he got me into that, but that bus, we took the bus into the Islington subway. He told me to get out. So I got into the Islington subway, went into the subway to Dundas Street. Then I got the streetcar and he just went with me, got the streetcar, went to Dundas. That was the address that I was going. He stepped out of the streetcar. He got me into this building. I went right into the door that I needed to go. He dropped me off right there without us saying anything. I didn't even really know where I was going. But I remember that he was looking at you know, the paper, he pointed me to the address, to the door, you know, there was a number of the door that I needed to go in. I remember saying, you know, thank you, was, you know, that was, I needed to, that I wanted, that I, that I knew what to say. So this guy, I went into the door and he went to catch the elevator back. Now, there was not only but two seconds, you know, and I, I just said, I wondered. So I look at him and there he was no more. 
I don't know where that guy went. There was no way that the guy could just disappear. I tell you what, folks, you can think whatever you want to think, but I tell you what, God sent an angel that very day to guard and protect me. I can tell you story after story after story about the power of God, but all of them did when I was in trouble. So the power of God was manifested in me when I was in trouble. Now continue to look at this scripture. Continue to look at this scripture. Verse 4, that is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place, the most high dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth is melt. The Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. I love this promise in the present tense. The powerful God, the Almighty God, the God of hosts is with us us. Verse 8, come and see what the Lord has done in the desolation that He has brought on earth. He makes war seas to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among situations, circumstances, troubles, all the nations, I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty, the most powerful one, is, not going to be, not was, He is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. God's power being manifested in the midst of trouble. And I tell you, my prayer for you is that the power of God would invade your heart, invade your life right now. You know, in the midst of the trouble, in the midst of the circumstance that you might be going through, that you are going through, may the power of God be manifested in your life. But then the second thing, the second thing, the way that the power of God was manifested in my life is this. Number two, in times of weakness. In times of weakness. 2 Corinthians chapter 12 verses 9 through verse 10. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. In weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, persecution, difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Pay attention right back at me. Look at right at the screen right now. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Now, at first glance, the statement does not seem to make any sense, or even seems, even the statement seems to contradict itself. How can someone possibly be weak? and is strong at the same time. Surely can be one or the other, but not both. Well, the Apostle Paul wrote these words and he was struggling with an issue that he has described as a thorn in the flesh. We do not know exactly what that thorn, what that troubling, what was going on in his life, but the severity of his trial was obviously so terrible that it greatly weakened him. He was weak. I have endured much in my life, Paul, have endured much in his life. I have endured much in my life. I tell you, you know, hunger, no clothes, much despair, loneliness, abused, sexually abused, hopelessness, abandonment, and much, much more. 
And yet, in spite of my weakness, in spite of the weakness, and this is the tricky thing about when I'm weak, I am strong. I tell you, you see, in the, what do you do in weakness? In weakness, when you go through a times of weakness, what do you do? I hope you do like what we needed to do as believers. We turn into the power of God. We turn into prayer. We turn into worship. We turn into the presence of God. We hide under the shadow of the Almighty God. What do we do when we are weak, man, and we are made strong? Because in our weakness, that weakness can drive us into the presence of God and into His presence. Only in His presence we may find the comfort, the joy, the peace that we need as we go in times of being weak. I tell you, I can... I can so many times when I look at myself there was a season in my time you know there was working seven days a week not much money and uh, you know working from morning to evening and then going to school at night and living in a very confined small place I had no money I had money for nothing I tell you I was weak in every single sense of the word I had my family far away from me because I went after looking for a job and and and, and found this job and got trying to go to school and paying for my school, paying for, more, for my own weight and going through a very weak season. I was weak in the mind. I was weak in my physical body. I was, I was distressed. I was oppressed. I remember that in my weakness, my only time where I would feel like a glimpse of hope, it was every Sunday as I was my bus from the company. I would work on Sundays too. Bus from my company would drop me off downtown in, in this, in this uh, place in Brazil and I would walk to my church. This is about six o'clock. Service in Brazil would start at eight o'clock at night. So I would walk back to the church. And I remember, even though I was all dirty and all, you know, but I remember it was the highlight of my week. I would go into the house of God and I would there worship God and I would pray and I would sing and I'd sometimes with, with tears in my eyes and I was just in the presence of God. I was so, so distressed about my life. There was a two-year season of my life like that. I remember when the service would be over, I remember going back to the bus terminal to take that bus back to my house. I remember rehearsing. I remember going every, for two years, folks, I remember going back to that bus and saying, God, I'm going to be here again next week. I know that you're going to give me the strength that I need in order to be back here. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be in distress this week, Lord. I'm not going to be overcome this week, Lord. You are with me. You're going to take me back to what I needed to do, the job and the school and the pressures of back those days. You're going to feed me this week. And then next week, I'm going to be back again. Why is it, folks, that in our weakness, we are strong? It's because in our weakness, we taste the power of God. We we take God in the fullness of who He is. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. See, in the midst of your trial, God is powerful enough to comfort you in the craziness of the hour that we are going through. I'm let me tell you something. If you dare to choose to worship Him during this, this time of being weak, and if you choose to worship Him and pray and find His strength, I tell you, He is going to manifest Himself 
in your weakness with power in the anointing and the presence of God. Let me prophesy over you that the power of God is coming upon you, that the presence of God is going to come upon you, that you are going to be strengthened in His mighty power. Let me tell you, the righteous may fall seven times, but the Lord will raise him up every time the Bible says, trust me, trust me, is the word of the Lord over your life, that God's going to get you through your situation. Can you say amen to that? Now look back on the screen. I have Isaiah chapter 40, verse 29 to verse 31. Let me read it to you. It says, He gives his strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youth grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But watch, but those who hope in the Lord, those who hope in the power of the Lord. He's still on the throne. He's still in charge, though we don't understand why chaos happening, though we under, don't understand why loss has to happen in our lives. Listen, the hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagle. They will, they will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. They will walk and not be faint. Those that wait upon the Lord. I hope that you are waiting upon the Lord. I hope that you are standing, is, is spending the time of this season right now, tasting the supernatural power of the living God. And my prayer is that you, church, would sense that power, that you, church, would be indeed, you know, that solid rock that place that is the Word of God, the power of God, that you can rest on those promises of God and taste His power over your life. Father, it is in the name of Jesus. I pray, Lord, for every person watching this service right now, Lord. I ask, Lord, for your power to be manifested, in, be manifested in the times of trouble and be manifested in times of weakness. I give you praise and I give you glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen and Amen and Amen. God bless you, church. It was an amazing time to be with you today. If you do not know Jesus Christ, make sure that you call upon His name. He died for you, shed His blood for you, and wants to save you. He wants you to be in eternity with Him. Give your life to Him. God bless you. God bless you. And God bless you.